Good evening, everybody, and welcome back for what is going to be another exciting season of the soccer scene with myself, Adrian Finnan. We're joined once again by a regular contributor over the last two seasons uh, in Noel O'Connor. Um, Noel, I suppose we've, we've been itching to get back for quite a while. We know that the League of Ireland is the, the longest off-season in, in all of the European leagues, I'm, I'm led to believe. So, you know, it's been a long time coming. It has, but should I have to save a few quid summer? I can't be paying the players all year round, so um, I suppose that's one of the good reasons. Yes, absolutely. And, and we've plenty to discuss, Noel, obviously, on the week of the season beginning, uh, with particular focus, obviously, as it is going to be through a whole year on 3D United and the First Division as a whole. But without further ado, we'll start off uh, with 3D United, Noel. They're going to be led into the First Division again this season by Tommy Barris. We know that the club have got to the playoffs in the last two seasons. You'd imagine that'll be the aim again uh, for the third season. Uh, we know that they have signed um, four, we've signed new players, four new players, one of the, the big new players they've signed, obviously, is Ryan Connolly from Finn Harps. Um, you've Connor Barry as well coming in, who has played uh, with the likes of Finn Harps, Galway, at loan as well in previous seasons. Uh, there was a big um, signing in terms of Anthony O'Donnell coming back into the fray as well, actually, obviously, after a year out. But he was a real uh, talisman for them at the back uh, in, in the season with, with Sean Gearns, who, unfortunately, Noel, when you're looking at departures, Sean Gearns is an audible departure. Obviously, Jack Lynch is another notable departure since last uh, last season as well. And Jack Brady has signed for Longford. And there's obviously another two to three players that have departed as well. Um, you know, what do you make of, of the 3D United squad and the business that has been done over the, the winter period? Yeah, look, when you look at the departures, um, <clears throat> you're picking four players that were regulars um, every week in, uh, in Jack Lynch, um, Shane Gearns, Callum McNamara and Jack Brady. Do you know, and very good players. Um and two subs if you like as well. I know um Tommy used Joe Collins a good bit, certainly in the first half of the season. And Connor Melody was a player that when he was fit, um, used to always make an impact. You know, he didn't start too many games, but certainly came on in a lot of games. So um, I think obviously the the best piece of business was to keep the the top goal scorer in in the first division. Um, that's absolutely massive for for Treaty. Um, and the current, as I said, I couldn't remember. A striker to score up against 20 goals for a Limerick League of Ireland side <laughs> in 30 years or even longer. Mm. And uh, it was a great coup to keep him. Obviously, there was a couple of suitors out there. You know, we heard he was talking to Waterford and St. Pat's. And I think there was a mention of Galway. I don't know how strong that was, but uh, certainly a good bit of business. I'm sure they had to up his uh, his expenses to keep him, but uh, certainly uh, well worth keeping. And with himself and Dean George still there, two lads who got 30 goals between them. Um, it's the hardest thing to do in football is to get the ball across the white line. It it, it certainly is a big plus for, for the treaty management. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking at their pre-season uh, friendlies, Noel, they've obviously played quite decent opposition, as you'd expect, with Cork City defeating them 3-0 in Bishopstown. Obviously, Damien Duff-Shelburne beat them 2-1 with success Erdogan getting on the score sheet um, at Talca Park. A big win in the Munster Senior Cup to get to the semi-final, although it wasn't all straightforward. They were 3-1 up against Ring Mahan. Obviously, it went extra time then with two late Ring Mahan goals before Enda Curran popped up the winner. You mentioned Enda Curran, obviously, you know, he'll be a big talking point. You know, everyone will be looking to see, does Enda Curran replicate that form that he got last season? He started off quite well. He's got four goals in pre-season, including a hat-trick in that Munster Senior Cup competitive fixture. And he does seem to be raring to go from the interview that I did with him uh, last week. But, you know, it is vital for Treaty that he does continue and hit the ground running like he did last season. 
Yeah, I think it is, and it's going to be, you know, it is it is going to be important. And I suppose if you look at it, another big signing for them was Mark Ludden. Um, there was kind of a little bit of talk at the end of last season, wondering would, would, he, would he give it another year with his personal circumstances and that. Uh, and uh, I think he's a big plus as well for Ender Curran. They obviously are very friendly, I'd say. And I'm sure if, if you went through the likes yourself in detail, the, the amount of assists that Ender Curran scored from Mark Ludden, maybe long throws or corners or free kicks, I'm sure the, the percentage is quite high. So certainly good signing as well. Um, looking at the squad, and you'll probably talk about Ryan Connolly maybe. Um, it just looks a little bit thin. Um, mm. in terms of uh losing six players as we mentioned, and uh, you know we haven't seen six signings coming in now. For me, I don't think it's it's a bad thing. Um, I think still make that playoff place is certainly attainable. You know, with the with the goal threat the team has, and you know I've been saying it for a few years, and uh, whether it'll be by by choice or by force if you like but it's probably time to start loading a few young players from from the 17s and the 19s and see what they're like because you know if if they're going to keep on going with signing you know guys maybe at the tail end of their careers or fellas who are looking for a, a second chance or a third chance you know for a leg up I'm I don't think that's the the project that Treaty was built on um, I think it's built on bringing in young players Um I thought there was a few opportunities missed last year in giving guys a chance. Uh, I'll mention uh, Darren Nwanku. I know he went to, to Blackburn, yeah, I think, for you know for training a week or two ago. I thought there was a few opportunities to bring him in. Mm. And uh, maybe the fact that the squad is a little bit thinner because they may well have had to give the likes of Endicurn maybe you know, a bit more expenses, if you like. Uh, well, then it'll open the door for you know the younger players in the region particularly with the 19s and the 17s, to get a chance. And I think that that is important. And I think it's important for the long term for Treaty as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose because you were, you know, promoting the young players coming in, and I know that's where your background would be from years ago, no, promoting you, you would have been happy to see anyway the graduation of, particularly you have Lee Mulready, Scott uh, Scott Kirkland and Josh Quinlevin. Uh, two of them out of the three have signed uh, senior form uh, this year, obviously. So, you know, that is imperative, as you said, that the likes of those players are signed on senior forms. Yeah, I think so. And look, I think um, looking at the squad, um, they are going to get a chance. There's no doubt about it, unless there's going to be a few more signings um, because I don't think the numbers are as high. They're certainly not as high as they were the first year. Um, and uh, I think it's no harm, uh, as I said, finishing fifth in this and we'll probably go into more detail about the other teams I think it's very attainable for Treaty I think they have the experience now um, they have a settled management um, they still have a lot of experienced players on the pitch and they have guys who can get goals I suppose the other little worry for me is probably the goalkeeping um, I was surprised that Jack Brady went I think he had a fantastic year last year um, we worried a little bit a bit about him at the start taking over from Ty Ryan, but I think it probably surpassed Ty Ryan in that, you know, he, he didn't really have a dip at the end, uh, very good against Derry in the Cup. Uh, and all through the season, bar the first few games, I thought he made some really, really good saves. And uh, I thought it was a strange move for him to go <clears throat> to Longford. And obviously, we'll be talking about them in a while as well. But yeah. uh, um, a few of the games I saw Connor Wynn play, you know, it was probably a bit underwhelming, I suppose. Looks to me like he's going to be the number one. And... Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a little, a little bit of a worry. I think it's a very important position. But look, he, uh, 
he may well prove us wrong uh, with uh, he probably needs games maybe and if he gets a run in the team maybe we'll see uh, a big improvement in, in, in his performances Yeah I'm certainly not you know disrespecting Conor Wynn or Shane Hallahan, who was also signed, who was a former Cove uh, goalkeeper, Noel. Um, but, you know, obviously because, you know, we signed what would be considered relatively proven League of Ireland goalkeepers for the last two seasons, like you said, Ty Grine, you know, I know he hadn't played an awful lot of first-team football as in starting from starting positions, but, you know, he has been around the league for since he was the age of 17, 18, if, I, if I'm right. Um, and obviously Jack Ray, as you said, followed up with that as well. And Jack had played a lot of games uh, between Limerick FC and Shelburne for the first season anyway. Um, you know, that that the goalkeeping position, goalkeepers are important in every league. I know that. But particularly in, you know, in this league, you feel like the, the defence, everything is built on, you know, a solid and a, and a vocal goalkeeper uh, from the back. So, you know, it, it's going to be a, a big test for, for either one of those goalkeepers. But as you said, it does look like Conor Wynn's going to be number one. It does. And as I say, it will be a big test. Now, maybe, you know, he, he was thrown into a few games. I remember seeing him against Cork. We were watching ourselves at home. And, uh, thought it was a bit of a struggle, you know, and there was other games where, you know, you felt that things could have been worse, if you like, you know, and uh, hopefully he has a good pre-season and a run of games and maybe, you know, he'll um, he'll prove to be as good as the other two, but it, it certainly is a, a high standard that the last two keepers have, have set in the last two seasons, and I think particularly Jack Brady, you know, who was consistent all the way through the season, right to the very end. Um, last year, I think he's a, he's a tough act to follow. Yeah, and I, I only briefly saw the new signings, to be honest, Noel, in the last preseason friendly, which you know by right wasn't a huge challenge for Treaty in terms of playing Limerick District League selection uh, for the 50th anniversary of Jackman Park. I do believe that Tommy Barrett and his coaching team would have much preferred if that game was three weeks ago rather than maybe the, the game before the uh, start of the season but a lot of people have said to me that maybe that the work should be done by then uh, if you're Treaty United uh, heading into the, the the new season but you know I suppose from, from your own experience you would you would know of, of Ryan Connolly and all and, and obviously we'd know a bit about Conor Barry from from being around in, in Athlone and Finart he actually joked himself that he's he when, when asked actually know all about um he was asked about who would be his favourite opponent for the year and he listed off maybe four to five clubs that he had already played uh, uh, with um, and joked and quipped about it himself. But obviously we have a bit of experience on him. What do you think that the likes of those players and maybe um, Andy Spain, who I admittedly myself don't know much about from Athlone, the centre-back who signed, can bring to the, to, the, to the team? Well, from what I know of Andy Spain, he like a centre-half, certainly a very good athlete. I hear he's come with a very high level of fitness. Um, I think he's more of a, a football and centre half, um, if you like. He certainly wouldn't be in the the Shane Gearns mould. Um, mm. I think Ant, uh, Anthony O'Donnell is a great signing back. I certainly was very impressed with him all of the first season. Um, I thought he was a bit of a loss last year as well, and his ability to score goals. I don't think they scored as many goals from set plays, you know, certainly from the centre back area as they did uh, when he was around. So um, Ryan Connolly, obviously very experienced player, um, knows the league well. And uh, it's a place where we would have spoken about a lot, I think, uh, an area where Treaty struggled a bit, which was the centre midfield. And probably that's the biggest worry when you see the players who've departed. And I know Callum McNamara played a lot of last season as a centre half, the first season as a centre midfield. You know, you have Jack Lynch who um, who played there. and 
the fact that Shane Gearn's gone as well, you know, Mark Walsh would have played a lot of games in centre midfield last year, and and now he's looks yeah. to me like he's going to be playing centre half unless he goes with Andy Spain and uh, Anton Donald, but that doesn't look like he's going to go with that. Looking at the the teams that that he's used in preseason, so that middle of the park is certainly a worry. Um, Colin Conroy still about Martin Coughlin. Uh, they came on in a, in a, in a few games, started a few games. I didn't see a whole lot with them. I don't think that Tommy had huge faith in them either. You know, judging from the how few games they actually did start, even though it was a kind of a troublesome position uh, on the field. So that that's probably a bit of a worry. Yeah, I suppose I suppose it is. But it, I, you know, in saying that as well, Noel, um, you know, equally. With, with worry, there there comes opportunity, I suppose, as you said, for with uh, for the likes of Martin Cockle and Colin Conroy, because but particularly, I suppose, with, with Conroy, although he looks light, um, he has been obviously captain central midfield uh, at underage level uh, with Ireland in in a, a couple of age groups. Um, as you mentioned earlier, with the likes of Josh Quinnivan and Scott Kirkland, they're probably going to get chances. So it goes without saying that you know Martin Coughlin and Colin Conroy could really uh, be be playing a big role in, in this team this year, considering how light it looks on on paper uh, in midfield. It does, and like that's why someone like Ryan Connolly would be vitally important to have there because you don't really want to start with two inexperienced lads in there. You know, maybe one, you know, and a fella to guide him a little bit. Um, it looks to me like Lee Devitt um, will certainly play in the middle, I think, more more than he did last year, certainly. And uh, I think as the season went on last year, he certainly had some very, very good games. And uh, he's he looks to Sharp be a bit more... season as well, actually, Noel, yeah. Yeah, looks to be a bit more vital, a vital cog in, in the wheel, if you like, than than he was last year. So hopefully he can maintain that, that form. Certainly a box-to-box player. Scored a couple of goals and was unlucky not to score a few more as well. I remember, he was unlucky not to score against Waterford in one of the home games. And uh, they'll certainly be looking for a big season um, out of Lee Devitt. And on a final note on, on Treaty, Noel, I know you mentioned it earlier that, you know, because they have, a, I suppose, a bit of a continuity there, you know, that it you know stands them in good stead coming into the, this league. Because you know yourself as much as anyone that... The League of Ireland, and we'll discuss the likes of Wexford and Longford Bray. There's been huge changes, absolutely astronomical changes at all those clubs going into the, the new season. There is a bit more continuity of treaty. We obviously know that there's six gone out, five coming in. You know, that's probably what you'd expect generally in, in most League of Ireland clubs. But there is, and the current did mention that maybe that can be an advantage to them. And, and I suppose that that's the hope, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm calling it an advantage to them without a doubt. Um, look, they're, they're, they're kind of bedded in now. You know, and they have a system and they still held on to their real, you know, the key players we mentioned Mark Ludden and the current Dean George, certainly. Uh, we have mentioned Willie Armshaw, yeah. you know, Stephen Christopher, still a real nucleus and a core of, of an experienced team. Um, obviously, as I said, the squad's a little bit thin, but you'll be hoping that we don't run into too many injuries or suspensions. Like, whatever about Ludden players, you, you don't want to be playing too many of them. And it, it will be a bit more attritional this year with. With ten teams, so you're back to the thirty-six uh, games, um, which certainly you know adds to the the whole toughness of it. But uh, I I think the experience of the management is an advantage. The continuity is an advantage, and obviously the stableness of the club as well is certainly a huge advantage. And it it does it does filter into the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to move on now, Noel, to Friday night's opponents for Treaty United who will visit the Markets Field, it's Bray Wanderers. And it's going to be a whole new look Bray Wanderers uh, since Pat Devlin and his team 
came to, to the back of the field and lost 2-0, if, if I'm correct. I think it was 2-0 or 2-1 actually on the night um, in, in the last meeting between the sides. Um, you know, you look at Ian Ryan is after coming in as head coach at Bray. He was with Wexford, as we know, last year. They just narrowly missed out on the playoffs. And he's after taking, I think it's no less than nine players from Wexford, Noel, uh, with him as well. The likes of Harry Groom, who impressed last year, uh, Connor Crowley also as well. You have George Short, uh, Connor Davis, uh, players that we're well uh, familiar with as well, um, Leno Sullivan as well. Um, you know, that's just to name a few. Then as well, on top of that, in fairness, they've managed to sign Dave Webster back from Bray Wanderers. He's the captain of the side uh, this year. Vice captain will be Dane Massey as well, who's another uh, big coup for them. After many years away from Bray, he's back at Bray this year. Um, so, you know, a formidable looking squad. I think there's 27 players in that squad as well. It's a formidable looking uh, squad on paper in the first division. No? Absolutely. And look, you're right. I mean, Dane Massey, huge sign as well. Dave, Dave Webster, I know from my contacts in Finn Harps, like a good player, but a, a brilliant guy around the place as well. And the trainer pitch in the press room, you know, a, a real good pro. Unfortunately for Bray and probably lucky for Treaty if it is, but uh, he won't be playing on Friday night. He's injured. Uh, a couple of other injury doubts as well. Um, a name I was told to watch out for is uh, a lad this signed from St. Pat's. I think Jake, Jake Walker could be playing up front. And uh, will be a real a real handful, but certainly if they've everyone fit, um, they look like a really really strong squad, and uh, they'll certainly be very very ambitious. I think it's probably no harm that Treaty are meeting them in the first game of the season. Um, teams only finding their feet, and uh, Treaty are always hard to beat in the Marcus Field as well. And uh, they're probably a team that'll beat a lot of teams um, maybe further down the line, because look, it's great to sign all these players, um, but they certainly won't have the continuity that. Treaty have that we spoke about and it'll take a while for Ian, you know, to gel all those players together and, you know, to see exactly what, what team he wants and, you know, there's guys recovering from injury as well but uh, they certainly look like a team that that will finish in the top five um, this season. There's a, this is probably the third season it, in our experience anyway, following Treaty and doing this podcast now, where Bray have a totally new squad. Um, obviously we had the Gary Cronin at the start then you had Pat Devlin and the merger with Kevin Teedy last year that was totally new and I remember discussing with you at the time and Jason O'Connor and we all had the same fear about them bringing in so many new players together as you said there gelling that team is is going to be in, in some ways it could, it's a nightmare so I suppose do you think it's positive alright as you said that, that 3D United could be playing them so early on because it might take maybe the bones of possibly even two months for Ian Ryan to discover his best side yeah, I think so. And look, if you look at even last year, I mean, Wexford ended up just finishing three points behind Treaty and six. But in that first game of the season, um, you know, when Treaty went down to Wexfordshire, you know, mm. they scored five or six or seven goals. Goal you know, and goals, they were, yeah. you know, and they were a different team, like as as the as the season went on, and and they got some, you know, some great results, and it it took a bit of time. Um, so I think, in fairness to Ian, he's you know he has that season under his belt. There's probably a few things that he did last year that that he won't do this year. Um, I think they'll be stronger than Wexford were in the first game last season. Um, and it'll it'll, it'll be an interesting watch on on Friday night. Yeah, they've had a, in the in preseason as well. They've they've taken a couple of beatings. Noel, I know you can't read everything into preseason. They've obviously lost. 
four nil to Shamrock Rovers, but Treaty had lost seven one to Shamrock Rovers as well, and um, uh, lost six nil to St Pat's. They did have a win against Bray, and actually Colin Kelly scored the goal, who we now believe is signed for Treaty United. Uh, subsequently, actually, in all as well, which is something I've, I failed to mention earlier on, and then a, a win against New Oak Boys three nil in the Leinster Senior Cup with George Short, Connor Crowley, and a new signing Guillermo Amaran uh, on the, the score sheet. Um, you know, it, it's hard, really, isn't it? No, you know, to judge anything uh, by pre season, but it's a it's a pre season that that Ian Ryan certainly needed to to learn a bit about the squad anyway. Yeah, but I suppose the advantage for him, you just said it yourself, that they signed nine nine players from Wexford, so he's certainly well yeah. familiar with with what they can do. And that will probably lessen that impact that we're talking about. I'm sure they they will be strong and a lot stronger than any Bray team that, that we saw last year. But look, it will take a few games for them to settle and even for results to settle. But I think overall, they look like a team or a squad that are, are going to make the top five this year. Yeah, and, and speaking of a squad that will be not just hoping to make the top five, but, you know, finally get over the hoodoo, I suppose, and, and win this league will be Galway United and all. Um, you know, it's I suppose it's been very disappointing for them to finish second, um, you know, in, in the first year. You know, you finished, um, you know, behind Cork City then last season again. it's 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 been a very uh, tough period for John Coffey because there's been huge expectation from the, the Galway public. I think they, they definitely expect it to be in the Premier uh, by now as well. They'll certainly expect uh, this season, third time lucky, to be there. I suppose one of the most interesting moves uh, at Galway, no, it wasn't even on the pitch. It was off the field with Ali Horgan going in as assistant manager to John Caulfield. I mean, many people were shocked by that, but there is the kind of background, Noel, that many people think it's just heaping more pressure on John Caulfield as well, because if John Caulfield starts badly, you have men ready to come in in the breach straight away. Possibly, yeah, but I, I I would have an alternative view to that. I think it's a great signing for Galloway and I think it's a great one for, you know, for John Caulfield. Obviously, I know John well and, and I speak to him, you know, regularly and I just felt that I always felt him as a bit of an isolated figure um, in the dugout and even, you know, when I'd see him coming on and off the pitch, you know, I found it hard to comprehend and I think... <clears throat> With Ali, he's found a, a, what I call a kindred spirit. I think they'd be very, very alike. Um, they'd be single-minded, and uh, I think I think he needed that. Um, I thought that you know his coaching staff and some people that he had in the bench, like you know, I, I would say that the bench was weak, um, and I think it was important for him to strengthen it. Um, we were at the playoff game last year. Um, they were desperately unlucky against Waterford, above in the Marcus Field. You know the. The reaction of the Galway crowd for me was very, very disappointing. Um, and I do think that they, I think they have the advantage of the continuity now, as, again, that we spoke about Treaty. Uh, they've brought a few players in, they've changed their keeper, they've brought a guy that we'll be filming in Limerick, Brendan Clark. I saw him towards the tail end of the season. I thought he was struggling a bit with Shelburne um, in the last month or six weeks of the season. But obviously, with his experience, I think he'd be a very good first division goalkeeper. Look, he signed Callum McNamara as well. Um, and I think it could be their year, but the little caveat I have again is, and I, I always kind of, I struggled with it last year as well. I don't see a player coming in that maybe I thought they might go for, if they're there, that a score you maybe 15 goals or 12 goals. Or it looks like, again, they're going to be, you know, dependent like on Stephen Walsh, Walsh, really. Yeah. Yeah. But still a big squad and, you know, third year going into kind of full time. The fitness levels will have to be really good. Um, I think other teams around 
them, you know, higher up where we'd see teams like Waterford and Harps. I'm not so sure that they're going to be better than they were last year. And I think Galway will, will be a little bit better than they were last year. And I think it'll probably be enough uh, to see them finish top of the heap. But look, it's a long way to go. There'll certainly be pressure on John Caulfield at the start. It's vital that they do get a good start and a couple of wins. And I think if they do, um, they'll go a long way towards um, coming first in that division by um, the end of the season. I know you were discussing the, your, I suppose, concerns and all about the, the goal scoring, which I suppose will be a concern because obviously Stephen Walsh, who has played as a striker, you know, underage and, and further field, did have a great season last year. But unlike Curran, I suppose, he hasn't played as a striker in the League of Ireland very long. A lot of people say it might be a beginner's luck to, to a certain degree to, to have such an unbelievably good season, um, you know, win switching position from centre-back and left-back to, to go up front. The only thing I suppose you could say and argue is that maybe John Caulfield and Ollie Horgan are looking at Rob Manley, who came in halfway through uh, the season last year, who is now signed back as well. A player who has, I suppose, scored goals in the past with Kevin Teeley and did hit um, double figures uh, in a couple of seasons in a row, I believe. I mean, he'd probably be the, the, the great white hope as such, maybe, to, to score. And I suppose as well, Francili Lombardo, we didn't see anything of him last year because of the long-term injury he had. So maybe that's the way that the coaching staff would be looking at it. Yeah, look, and for their point of view, I, I hope it does work out. I, you know, I think um, they've obviously put a lot of money into it. Like, um, John has, has gone up there. He's moved up to Galway for three years. And uh, look, he has been a successful manager before. And um, if if they do get someone who you know who starts to knock in a few goals, I think that they'll you know that they will be very very strong and they'll certainly be very hard to to catch. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. We know that Callum McNamara is there. You no know, one player who, who we also know will be a set, definitely be a centre back for them and has been a, a really big player for for Galway is is Killian Bruder as well. His game does seem to have come on leaps and bounds. Um, I'm. Judd, because of the the style of football that John plays and and the no nonsense he wants from his defenders, I'm not too surprised that that Gillian has has thrived up there. To be honest, yeah, look, and that's the way it'll be this year. You know, there won't be any big changes. Look, he's 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 filled out the squad as well. I think obviously, Callum McNamara, from what we've seen him, is a prototype player for them. Um, in a similar mold, I suppose, only a, a year or two behind Killian Bruder. And um, look, they'll be very, very hard to beat. And you will certainly know that you've been in a game when you play them. Yes, that cer- certainly uh, will be the case, Noel. Another team who have made waves, Noel, it's fair to say, in terms of their, their recruitment so far, has been um, Cove Ramblers. Maybe not huge waves, it's fair to say, but it does look on paper like they will be stronger than they were last year now that you know probably won't take a lot there are people saying to me there right now because they finished bottom of the first division they weren't very you know ultra competitive as such in, in some of their games um Shane Keegan has managed to maybe draw on his contacts with you know Jack Doherty who has signed from Wexford which definitely took many by surprise um Charlie Lyons has returned from Galway didn't get a lot of game time not maybe not as much of a surprise and probably a good move for both parties there um as well Wilson Moweru is a big one Noel isn't it from going on loan from Galway because he was crying out for game time Galway obviously feel he won't get it there um and you know this could be a, a big season for Aweru I suppose he'll, he'll be desperate to prove himself yeah, I think so. Look, they're decent signs. I think they signed a decent goalkeeper as well. They'd sign uh, Stacey, yeah. yeah. Um, you're right, like bottom of the table. Look, you know, we were we were waiting for a managerial bounce when um Shane Keane came in. It certainly didn't happen at the start. 
Um, he's a full full season now. He's an opportunity, you know, to do the preseason. They've certainly brought in three or four players. Um, and they will be a, certainly a bit better than they were last year. And obviously they need to be, um, you know, are they going to make the top five? I'm not so sure. They'll be difficult to beat at home. Um, but they're probably down in that, you know, bottom half of the table that that is going to be a real scrap and uh, certainly very hard to predict as well. Yeah, absolutely. We often mention all the the Coleman's Park uh, playing pitch and the, the the fact that it can, I suppose, be a fortress uh, for, for Cove Ramblers. Obviously, the likes of Stephen Henderson, who we will go on to, to speak about, obviously, uh, later on in the show, uh, kind of built that with Cove Ramblers. Um, I know Shane Keegan has been a bit coy, obviously, in, in pre-season. Hopeful that Cove Ramblers obviously can can you know be a lot more competitive uh, than they were last season after the time. Do you think because of the signings they've made that they will be you know you know not expecting, but they'll be certainly expecting uh, more of a playoff challenge considering how open it is and and the league the league though if you look at it the league on paper I have to say that 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 section between third place and, and eighth place particularly is, is going to be unbelievably competitive, probably the most competitive in the last three seasons. I think so, yeah. And I think that they will be looking at that and they certainly want to be in touch. They want to be in touch in uh distance of that fifth place. Like if, if they are, you know, even if they are sixth or seventh, like, or eighth or whatever, they want to be within touch and distance of it, you know, you know, going into the final quarter of the season, if you like, six or eight points even. You know, and I think you're right. I think it is going to be very tight there. Um, how well these guys do. Like, they certainly do have enough, a, a lot of improvement to do. I would have said that to you last year. It's difficult to come from the bottom. I said it about Wexford, you know, to come from the bottom, you know, to go up five or six places is, is difficult to do in one season. Um, I don't think they will do it. I think they will be better. But I still think that, you know, they will sh- uh, fall short of those, of those playoff places. Yeah, we'll certainly come on to, to our feelings in the in the prediction section, uh, Noel, later on uh, in the show as well. We'll now move on to a club that we've often uh, said is close enough to your heart as well, uh, Noel, in, in Wexford FC. I mean, that's an incredible um, change, really, with Wexford. Obviously, we knew fairly quick after the end of the season that Ian Ryan was departing. It was a bit doom and gloom in Wexford because of that. A lot of people were disappointed to see him go. Um, we knew that there was maybe an increase in the budget this year, but obviously that threw a bit of uncertainty because very shortly after Ian Ryan was announced as brain manager, there was a plethora of players leaving Wexford and people were maybe worried about the direction it went. They probably needn't have worried as much as 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 they were, Noel, because when you look at some of the players that Wexford have brought in, Ethan Boyle being the flagship signing from Finn Harps, obviously Regal Finn Harps, he'll captain Wexford this year, but obviously James Keddy being appointed as manager, who was assistant manager in Longford last year, he's managed to call on those um, contacts with Carl Chambers, Aaron Robinson, uh, Mark Henrity, uh, just to name a couple, three players joining from uh, Longford as well. And then Hugh Douglas, you bring Hugh Douglas into the frame as well, a player who has been around for a while, and the Livingston brothers uh, from Bray returning to the, their own uh, area of Wexford. Um, there's just been huge changes uh, at Wexford, hasn't there? And Sam Verdon training with them this week as well from yes, Longford. That's, a, that's an incredible um, turn of events. Yeah, and look, there is a substantial increase in the budget. And I think there's a little bit of, um, they were probably disappointed, you know, the way Ian Ryan went. And I think, you know, we talk about the continuity, like you you kind of have a new board there, uh, you know, you have new directors, you have new director of football. 
you have a new manager. Um, we should have mentioned that Danny Furlong is back as well, the highest goal scorer. Yes, in, actually, in the, yes. That was a big, big omission from me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, um, I think that's, you know, that, that's coming from the director of football. You know, they're, you know, they're talking about their local links. Um, obviously, mm. Danny would be a, a big hero in Wexford. And um, I think there was a touch of that about it. I'm not so sure how that's going to go, but... And a difficult gig as well, you know, for James Teddy. I know he was assistant in Longford, um, but he's a lot of work to do. And you talk about Jell and the team, like he's he's a new manager dealing with these guys for the first time, except for the Longford fellas. You know, he's an inexperienced, you know, board and chairman behind him and, and director of football. Um, they certainly have put a lot of money at it and they certainly have a good, you know, a good squad put together. And uh, they they will be there or thereabouts. Um, whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't think they'll be far away. But I think that inexperience might might tell. But we won't know really what will happen because they could certainly throw more money at it in 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 the transfer window. So that often kind of skews your um your predictions. I know they were desperately disappointed. No, it's fair to say not to reach the the playoffs last year. Um, uh, you know, if you're looking at it from a Wexford point of view now. This season, I think, you know, obviously supporters can read a lot into transfers, Noel. We're, we've talked about it in, in nearly every squad we've talked about. I right know we talk about gelling players. Supporters don't tend to look at it that way. They tend to think that when you sign these players that they're going to gel fairly instantly and everything is going to be rosy in the garden. Um, so I, I reckon that if, if you're looking at it in the US, the, the ultra supporters of Wexford and, and the diehards, they'll think that nothing uh, except playoffs will be good enough this year. I think there's no doubt about that. And they look at Danny Farlong and they say, sure, he's going to score 20, 25 goals and <laughs> everything is going to be great. And, you know, and, and that's the way it goes. But look, it's it, it's difficult. It's more difficult than that. And uh, look, it just adds to the intrigue of the league. I think it's a very, very competitive league. I think you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about positions third to eight. I think anyone could finish third or eight. I think the, the points difference will be a lot tighter, you know, certainly in that area than than it has been for the last couple of years, certainly where, you know, the kind of playoff positions were nearly nailed down, like, you know, with two or three games to go, it was only a matter of who was going to finish, you know, second, third, fourth and fifth. And uh, I think it'll certainly be different this year. And I suppose speaking of goal scorers at Galway and, and other clubs like in the current at Treaty, one man who James Kelly will be hanging his hat on and the, the move came from his move from Galway to a loan move to Longford last season was Jordan Adiemo. Noel, he hit the ground running with Longford fairly quick after signing, it's fair to say. As I said, that probably earned him the move to Wexford uh, with James Keddie. He's had a really sharp pre-season in terms of scoring goals. Scored a hat-trick against um, St. Patrick's Athletic, I think, in, in pre-season as well. So, yeah, if you if you look at it there, they'll, they'll be hanging their hat probably on Jordan Eddie Amo because I know we have the fairytale story of Danny Furlong, but I don't believe on paper that Danny Furlong will be you know playing an awful lot of minutes, especially early on anyway. No, I don't think so. And you're right. And look, very, very important signs are the guys who get you the goals. Eaton Boyle, you know, he's probably like an Ali Gilchrist, isn't he? You know, that Shelburne signed a couple or played with Shelburne a couple of years ago. And went, I went to Cork last year and, you know, kind of anchored down that that defence. So um, they will be a formidable team. There's no doubt about it. And uh, James Kelly will have to find his feet fairly quickly, I'd say. 
And Noel, just move on to Wexford's southeastern neighbours, uh, Waterford FC. Obviously, they suffered playoff heartbreak against UCD uh, last year, and even though it looked like they were odds on effectively on paper to get promoted due, due to the, the momentum they had going into that. And it also looked like they were going to have a very plain sailing um, pre-season. Um, Killian Cantwell, Shane Griffin, Noel O'Keefe, key players and, and more, Wasim Oshria as well, signed really early in the campaign. Um, it, said it was unlikely that they were going to keep Phoenix Patterson who was the, the best player in the division and voted so uh, by his peers last year. He went to the sister club, Fleetwood Town. Um, but Junior Quaterna had been announced that he was going to sign. And then very late in the day, uh, he um, went to Fleetwood Town as well and obviously was loaned out to Altrincham Town after that. Um, he was like uh, almost a sidekick to Phoenix Patterson. They were the most dangerous wingers in the league uh, last year as well. So that was a problem. And then, you know, Danny Searle announces today that maybe there's three new players coming in to Watford possibly in the next day or two on the week of the of the game, the first game of the season. So from what looked like it was going to be very plain sailing, it hasn't probably turned out to be the way they wanted it with Watford. Definitely not, and you're right. And, they, you know, if you go back to last year, it was their bad start really that cost them, you know, if they had got a better start last year, you know, they probably would have possibly even pipped Cork and won the title. Um, it wasn't until well into the season that they really got going and, you know, the, the final two thirds of the season, like, you know, they're absolutely fantastic and getting better and better and better. Um, it did have a doubt about them, you know, defensively and it was kind of shown up against, uh, against UCD. Um, you talk about continuity and, you know, they might be going down that same road again, because I, I felt that they were going to do something like that. If things weren't going well in the window, say, you know, in June, bring a few players over to strengthen the, the promotion push now obviously they've had to do it a bit earlier but they're bringing in three guys tomorrow you know who will be playing or training with their teammates for the first time and look they're going to take a bit of time to you know to bet in as well are they going to be as good as as the likes of phoenix patterson it's hard to believe they you know they will be so um still a very very strong squad and you know but it's those goals that those lads got but I suppose the only thing I can say is they were probably winning a lot of games by 4-5-1 and five, one, and maybe they'll just start winning them by 2-1. Um, but they'll certainly be one of the... I think they'll be in the top three. There's no doubt about that. You know, it'll be interesting to see how, how they do start the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the one man who'll be tasked outside of Wasim Oshia replacing those goals is a player who we'll be familiar with who played that loan last year, Noel, in Thomas Olua. In fairness, I will say he did look really uh, dangerous with that loan and looked like the type of player who would benefit from being in a side who, you know, create more chances and would be, be higher up the table. Yeah, definitely fantastic pace as well. And you could see him fitting into their system. You know, they're a lovely team to watch. Um, They have a great setup, you know, the... Niall O'Keefe gives the, you know, the front three or four, if you like, that, you know, that freedom to play. Shane Griffin's passing range, you know, very easy on the eye. And you could certainly see Alua fitting into that group, but they certainly need to get maybe a physical player up there as well. It'll just be interesting to see what what kind of player comes in. But overall, you know, they'll, they certainly will be one of the stronger teams in the division. Yeah, and continuity is the name of the game for them as well, Noel. I know they obviously have signed Barry Bagley uh, from uh, Fleetwood as well. Connor Parsons came from Wickham, and that was a fee for that, actually, as well, Noel, uh, for Waterford. I suppose the only thing, Noel, and it's a, an age-old debate, the people always say that, it, you know, you know, continuity is obviously great, but obviously 
League of Ireland players, you know, you often want to, to keep it as League of Ireland players because there's no guarantee guys coming over from England will, will hit the ground running in this league. Sometimes they get taken by surprise, I think, by the quality in the league as well. Yeah, I think you're right. It's often a mixed bag. Um, people, you know, would have a kind of a, you know, a, an ignorant view of it, if you like. You know, they don't realise how strong it is. Um, you get that from time to time, you know, from even the, the lower league managers talking about the players who come over. But look, the reality is that a lot of players that that move, particularly from the Premier Clubs, you know, have done really, really well in the Championship and, and League One. And uh, these guys will certainly have to have the right attitude if, if they want to be successful here. Yeah, certainly. And as I said, we will get to the predictions on that. But I think we'll both have Waterford quite high on the list, uh, despite uh, the fact that Junior Cotterna and Phoenix Patterson uh, are gone from the squad. Uh, this season, Noel, um, from from a crowd of of real, uh, from a, a wave of continuity as such at Waterford to another absolute sea change at Finn Harps, Noel. Um, again, admittedly, I know very very little about the players signed uh, from Finn Harps. I'm not sure if anyone will be able to, you know, uh, show, show me any any clips even of, of players playing for Finn Harps. But obviously, a man who'd be well known around the league uh, is Dave Rogers. Uh, Noel, we obviously spent a small bit of time as well uh, with, with Limerick FC, but he spent a, a small bit of time with many clubs after maybe the year of, t- of 2006. Um, he did probably admit that himself. Um, but, you know, looking at Finn Harps, they probably need their staying full time, Noel, which was, a, a, I suppose, an important uh, thing in, in, in some ways. But, you know, an absolute sea change, which was probably needed, Noel, after the, the relegation of last season. I suppose, so look, it generally happens, doesn't it? There is a a massive change, you know, and people reevaluate everything. Uh, he's a very interesting appointment. I think Dave Rogers, certainly a larger-than-life character, great personality. Um, he does know the league, there's no doubt about it. Um, I see they signed two players, I think, from Stockport County. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of new faces that I wouldn't know either. Geographically, they do have an advantage, obviously disadvantage for them when they go away, but at home, it's always a difficult trip and, you know, it's a hard place to go. Very attritional place. Hard, it's hard to get a result there. Um, and they'll be probably one of the stronger teams as well. But, you know, in terms of predicting exactly what they're going to do, like to be honest with you, we'll just have to wait and see um, and have a look at a few games. But uh, <laughs> it just adds to the kind of the strength of that first division, I think, because they're another real kind of a big hitting team that'll certainly be very hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that Keith Cowan has signed back as well, Noel, who's obviously a big player for Finarp, signed back from Drogheda, a big player in more ways than one, a real physical character from, from set pieces in, in both the opposition box and his own box uh, too. So that'll be a real asset. One thing that you can notice from the, the pre-season with, with Finarp's Noel is I, I don't believe they've scored a goal from the, the three matches that I have been made aware of. And, and that, you know, for the one of us repeating ourselves, that could be a real problem if, if they can't sort that yeah. come the new season. I know it's that as well. A 6-0 defeat to Derry like that, that wouldn't be great. But look, Derry probably miles ahead in terms of their preparation as well with the season they had last year, um, getting ready for, for, for the President's Cup. But you're right, no goals um, scored. So, um, and a big game, the first game, I think it's Galway United at home. Mm. So uh, there'll be a big crowd up there for that. You know, there'll probably be a good crowd of Galway people going as well. And, uh, you know, a defeat there would kind of really, you know, set them back, I think, and make a difficult job for Dave Rogers probably even more difficult. 
Yeah, and we've I've often spoken about Finn Harps being the graveyard of all my dreams now because the two times I've went to Finn Harps, it's ended in relegation, uh, effectively for for Limerick FC as it was in the past, and they're real dark nights and Finn Harps have always done that. But you just mentioned Galway at home. Three of the first four fixtures for Finn Harps are at home. Um, so you know if they can you know get a good start there, that will provide them a huge confidence. Yeah, it will. And look, they'll they'll get better and better. And it's just it's just a good area. I think, look, a little bit like COVID, even better, you know, and Derry are going well. You'll get players from Derry, you know, who can't get into that squad and, and they'll play with Harps. And I think it's the same, same with Sligo. When those two clubs are going well, generally it's 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 good it's good for for Finn Harps. It's a bit like Cove when Cork City are going really well. You know, they probably get more a better caliber of players that Kind of always a success for Cove was when Cork City were you know were going really well and 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 it'll be the same up there. It's a great footballing area. They really love it up there, and there's you know there'll be a lot of good players there, but uh, it's just hard to know how they're going to do at the start. Yeah, you spoke about larger than life characters and all around the league, including Dave Rogers. Another one of those could be considered as Stephen Henderson who has come back in, maybe quite surprisingly, you know, to, to senior management uh, with Longford Town. Um, he was left to pick up the pieces when James Kiddy ran up uh, to Wexford with, with nearly at least half the squad, um, it's fair to say. Um, we know that Jack Brady has obviously signed there, which is a very good signing uh, for them. And then you have the likes of <clears throat> Shane Elwardy re-signing as well, and James Duna coming in along with Derek Daly. So there is League of Ireland experience there, um, it's fair to say. You know, I'm 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 still kind of reeling from your um, uh, this Sam Verdon uh, quip with, with Wexford and all. Is is that a kind of a, a sign of, of things that are happening at Longford at the moment? Yeah, a little bit. And before we go into that one, I forgot to mention that Bastian Airy is also training with Wexford this week. So yes. there's a man who's going to to rack up a good few clubs. You know, he might stop Connor Barry's blushes. You know, with the amount of uh, clubs that he's Absolutely. signed for. Uh, since he was involved with Limerick. Uh, yeah, just maybe the the soundings aren't fantastic out of Longford. Uh, um, it's going to be difficult for Stephen, obviously. I, I know him a long time. Um, he was the goalkeeping coach in Cork City when I went there. And uh, he's made a, re- a, a really good career as a manager. Um, he's obviously was very anxious to get back in. I, I know he was interviewed in Treaty for, for the director of football or for the the head of the academy role as well. And uh, I, I was initially delighted for him that, that he got back on. I thought it was a good gig, you know, and being a Dublin man at heart as well, you know, I thought, and, you know, his connections with Shelburne and probably other clubs, I thought that, you know, he'd, he'd get a good squad together. Uh, the soundings out of Longford aren't great. As I said, Sam Verdon is training, you know, with Wexford this week, which would not, you know, make things look very good in Longford. And uh, I think that it'll be a kind of a, a difficult year for, for Stephen, but he's a, he's a tough guy and uh, he won't leave any stone unturned to, you know, to try and improve him. And, and he'll certainly be there for for the hard yards. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the, the, the likes of Dara Lynch from Bray, who signed for them, obviously, Noel, and Stephen Meany, who signed. They, I suppose the problem you have, Noel, with the likes of the signings that, that Steve or Stephen has made is that, yes, they have played in the League of Ireland, but I suppose... The, the pedigree isn't unbelievably good maybe in a lot of the, the players that have been brought into Longford yeah I'd kind of agree with that you mentioned is it Derek Daly we saw him with that loan yeah. 
Uh, James Duna, you know, I wasn't never really a great fan. You know, there was a big hullabaloo about at loan two years ago about how well they were going to do, and, and he was one of the marquee signings. It certainly didn't work out that way. You know, he went to Cork then, which I was surprised with really that, you know, they signed him and, you know, his appearances were quite limited and his his impact on in, in those appearances from the games I saw was certainly limited as well. So uh, I think it is going to be uh, one of the more difficult years for Longford. Um, certainly the second half of the season, I think, you know, things weren't great, the rider, and that I haven't seen the, the mood to change in the positive um, so far. And I, I think it is going to be a tough season for them. Yeah, and I suppose speaking of tough seasons, in my own opinion, it may be another tough season for their Midland uh, rivals in Athlone Town. Uh, just judging by the, the team that they put out against Strada in the Leinster Senior Cup uh, yesterday evening, all you know, a real multicultural feel to Athlone. Um, you know, Donald Curtin in the Minogue, players like that have all remained with uh, Athlone. So obviously, you know, their their boss Lennon has. Decided to try and keep them to keep uh, continuity there because there was a very young feel about that loan as well last year. Um, to be fair, they did have a very good second half to the season. It's fair to say so. They will be looking to be more competitive than they were, particularly in the first half of last year, because it looked like they were nailed on to finish bottom. A good achievement for them to climb above Cove, as it turned out last year. But because we were mentioning earlier, no, because they it's so competitive from maybe third to eighth or ninth in the league. I do predict another difficult year for Atlone. Yeah, and I have to agree with you. And you're right, the second half of the season, didn't they have a very good win against Treaty as well above there? Like they had some lovely yeah. players, some young lads that came in. I think there's a kind of an American influence there. Um, Last year, remember like this time last year, we were struggling to name maybe two players that were going to play with, with Atlone, you know, with Martin Russell at the helm and, you know, the start of the season was really, really poor and it went on game after game after game. Um, you probably think that they'll be a little bit better this year, but, you know, will they be good enough to, you know, to go three or four places up the table, you know, judging by, by what's happening ahead of them and, you know, with the kind of renaissance of Bray, for example, um, and Wexford, I, I think it's going to be difficult for them and I think they will be in it's still in that lower half of, 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 of the league table. Yeah, I certainly tend to agree with you. And and last but not least, Noel, in our discussion of the teams uh, in the Eritrea League First Division, um, is Kerry Kerry FC the the newcomers into the the League of Ireland? Um, I suppose people would say it's about time, Noel, that that we saw a team from Kerry entering league. Because so my earliest memories of Kerry, I suppose, is the the old League Cup where you would be very familiar with. It was when I was going to watch your Olympic FC sides maybe 17, 18 years ago, um, playing against the Kerry League on a regular basis. And I always wondered why Kerry didn't, you know, maybe push to get into the League of Ireland. Billy Dennehy has been a huge driving force as well as um, as as well as others in Kerry to get this uh, show on the road. It's brilliant to see it, isn't it? No, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and look, in fairness to them, and we were down there, and I remember like I think we lost to them actually. Um, to the Kerry League. I remember going down there with Cork City as well and coming out with a 1-0 or a 2-1 win. Um, there'll be a, a raucous enough crowd. You know, it does generate a good atmosphere. You know, there's, there's a great setup down there with a couple of pitches and, you know, the space and the area they have. Um, they've worked away at it. Um, you saw a lot of their players, you know, particularly would drift to Cork. Um, and uh, it is going to be tough for them. But look, you know, we would have said the same with Treaty. Starting out, but you know that enthusiasm, everything being new. Um, I think that 
while it will be tough, they'll certainly enjoy every minute of it and hopefully that they will go they will go from strength to strength and they'll also give the underage uh, football in, in Kerry a boost that they'll have something to aim for. Because, you know, you had like that, you know, you know, from the, the, sorry to cut across you, but that was one thing I noticed, the fact that you've said that about the underage link. When they have been announcing their signings, I've noticed that there's been at least five where it said that they've played with the Kerry underage sides for maybe five, four to five years at least. Um, so, you know, that that's encouraging, I suppose, even though it will probably mean that it's going to be a tough, tough learning curve for them. No doubt about it. To be honest, it reminds me a little bit of the, of the Wexford Jutes as such. When we started, like, you know, the ground was certainly there and, you know, that there had been a bit of success at underage, yeah, albeit in a different design in, in the Oscar Trainer Youths. And uh, a lot of fellas came in and they were all local and, you know, there was real enthusiasm and uh, it can certainly bring you a long way. I think they have a, they have a nice fixture to start with. Um, I think they could have had a lot worse fixture at home, at home to Cove. And, uh, you know, you just wouldn't know what might happen there. Yeah, absolutely. There were plenty of Munster derbies in the first division as well, which obviously we don't want to see too many Munster teams in the second tier, but it will make for, for exciting games, you'd imagine, as well. Um, we know one of their players, anyway, Noel, for sure. Actually, we know, in fact, more, but Matt Keane was a, a key cog for Treaty uh, for the Bones of two seasons as well. Obviously, fell out of favour for a period last year uh, under uh, Tommy Barrett, um, but he will be the the... The, the flagship players I've been noticing for Kerry. You also have Caelan Spillane, Noel, who we'd both be familiar with from maybe a good few years ago now when he played with Cork under the likes of Tommy Dunn. Uh, you know, he earned promotion with Cork City from this league as well, from this division and played in the Premier with them. So he'll be a big player. The only thing I'll say, Noel, is maybe the difference between themselves and Treaty is that Treaty, when they did come in, you know, had the benefit of having the likes of Mark Ludden and experienced guys that have played the league for years. That's something that Kerry obviously don't have not really, well, certainly not as much. But as again, I go back to probably, you know, there's a similarity with it, you know, with it in Wexford. Look, it is going to be a hard season. And look, when we are doing our predictions, I don't think there's any doubt, but we're going to predict uh, Kerry to be 10th. You know, and if they finish even one one place ahead of that, it has to be successful, you know, because it is going to be really tough for them. And, you know, there's a lot of tough fixtures and a lot of guys won't be used to this. And it'll be a real learning curve for, you know, for Billy Dennehy as well. Um. But uh, as as you said, I think it's great they're in the league, and uh, I think it's it's good that the fact that their players don't have to go to Cork in particular, because you'd always see a sprinkling of Cork or Kerry players in Cork, less so in Limerick. Although we had a few, obviously we had a few in my time as well, and uh, it's right it's it's only right that they'll play with um with Kerry. Yeah, absolutely, Noel. And uh, we went through all squads um, in, in detail. I suppose before I finish on Kerry, actually, you know, one thing that we, we need to mention is there's a lot of excitement now, obviously, in Kerry. There's great work going on at Mount Hawk Park to get it ready for, for the new season. But the one thing you will say about it is you hope the public stick with this for the long haul because, you know, it's not going to be an instant success story. You know, you're not going to, you could take a couple of beatings this year uh, in terms of, you know, playing the likes of Galway Waterford. These are full-time outfits uh, that you're going to be facing against. So, you know, you don't want a situation where there's going to be, you know, 2,000 people there for the first few matches and then it grows off, as we well know in Limerick, to maybe 200 people. So the key is for the, the Kerry public to stick with it. Yeah, I think so. And I think you will get more than 200. I think there is a good support uh, of football down there. It is new. I think I think they've sold a lot, a lot of season tickets anyway. And um, they'd be canny enough now to get the crowd up. And even if the crowd doesn't look great I think the figures will be good coming out of there 
Yeah, so without further ado, Noel, and we won't go into detail on this like we have in the past because we'll be we'll be here until 11 o'clock if we continue on in our current vein and we go out of work early in the morning. But uh, um, I suppose just to, to, to go with our predictions for the season, again, we'll probably be made to look foolish enough, especially this season, the way this league is. I mean, it was it's even... More, it's even more difficult to predict than last season, I have to say. But just going from myself, going from uh, top to bottom, I have Galway United in first place. I do think that with the Ali Horgan factor joining him with John Caulfield, um, that they could uh, pip uh, Waterford to it, who I have in second place uh, this season as well. I have Bray Wanderers in third. I know we spoke about the fact that they've changed the whole squad, but I do feel with the likes of your Dan Massey's, Dave Webster's, and experienced professional guys like that, uh, they will help along a lot of the, the players in that squad. And a lot of those Wexford players, obviously with the hurt of last season, driving them on in that squad as well, and a year wiser, uh, could have them in third place. I do have Wexford in fourth, uh, behind them but that you know that is said is, is is going to be interesting to see and you know even though the squad is quite thin I have went for 3D United hoping that Enda Kern can keep firing in the goals and Mark Ludden can have another good season as well as the other players in the squad and hopefully injury free and suspension free for the majority of it I have 3D United to get a third consecutive season in the playoffs finishing in fifth position um, that would be ahead of Finn Harps, who are just an unknown quantity. I mean, Finn Harps are one of those clubs who who could surprise us all and be up in the top two in this league. But obviously, I I, I don't believe so on on paper. So I have them in sixth place, Noel. Um, I do have Cove jumping from tenth to seventh, which is something that you would definitely be wary uh, of against doing. And have warned me about in the past, but I am going to do that because I do believe that Longford Town will have a season of struggle, and they will be in eighth position, especially if if. You know, the, the murmurings are true, like you say, about the likes of Sam Burden uh, as well, who would be a key player for them. Um, Athlone to finish ninth, and then Kerry, as you alluded to earlier, uh, to finish 10th and all. So we'll, we'll, without further ado, we'll go to the, the expert opinion. Yeah, well, look, we, I think we've already had the expert opinion, and we'll, we'll go to <laughs> mine, but there's, there's a lot of very similarities, and I'll, I the same one, two, three, I've, I've gone away to finish first, I've Waterford second and I have uh, Bray in third. Um, I've actually gone for Finn Harps to come fourth. Um, mightn't happen at the start of the season, but I think the fact that they're full-time and that they will ha have the ability to get players in. I think the big thing about these predictions is your prediction something now and there's always a window to kind of uh, skew your water. your predictions. Yeah. I've certainly gone with Treaty as well to, to finish fifth. I think it's well in their capabilities um, with the experience they have now. Um, I went for Wexford uh, to come sixth. Uh, I've Longford in seventh, uh, Coven eighth, at Lone ninth, and I have Kerry to come tenth. It would be interesting. We do have similarities, but it'll certainly be interesting to see how far off we yeah. are. Uh, come, Is that come little section up. again that you know that that we have spoken about? You know. Yeah, that will be that could be the death knell of many a good uh, predictor and man from Paddy Powers, Ladbrokes, you name it, uh, for the season, I'd imagine. But my thanks to Noel O'Connor. It was a long slog, Noel. It was always going to be coming into the, the start of the season, but we wouldn't have it any other way um, to start off the soccer scene. Um, well, season It's season three for us, Noel, but it's officially season two uh, on Sport and Limerick's uh, soccer scene. Uh, so obviously we hope to be with you throughout the season this year and we do hope that you can garner the support and we, we'll do our best uh, to bring you all the news regarding 3D United and the League of Ireland First Division as a whole. So we hope you can join us throughout the year. Thank you.